0: My quest for this episode is to figure out how to taste cigars better so that I can really get into the cigar and do this without relying on basically the blogs and the articles out there that's telling me, because I feel like every time I go to those, I'm like, oh yeah, I taste that, but is it the power of suggestion? There's a story inside every smoke shop with every cigar and with every person Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle of Boveda. This is Box Press. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Box Press. We are at Tobacco Grove in Maple Grove, Minnesota, and I'm sitting across from Travis Pappenheim. He is the education manager for Altidus. Travis, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So really, Travis, your whole job and role, even though as undefined as it is, it's really to educate retailers, consumers, pretty much anybody on the whole process of tasting cigars, smoking cigars, enjoying cigars even more.
1: Yeah, well, when I was brought on for my role, it was not only the education side for the consumer, for the retailers, retail staff, to really become tobacconists again, as mm-hmm. opposed to retail sellers. There was a lot of people that really just need to know the steps from a seed curing, fermenting, storing. What, what happens with everything? But it was also falling in love with the brands again. Sure. Falling in love with the story of what a cigar is. So by teaching them the, the really the everything about the cigar from beginning to end, falling in love with the brands and the stories, we're beginning to build tobacconists in the industry again.
0: And I heard the reason that you were kind of put into this position is because the company found out that you were like playing with your own tobacco, rolling your own cigars, kind of just understanding it from a home level. Is that true?
1: It, it, very true. Okay. I, I'm... Uh, I like to, to kind of refer to myself and other people in the company do. I'm the biggest cigar nerd in the company. Sure. And, and that's why they chose me to do this role is because I have a lot of passion behind what we do. Okay. Um, there's there's plethora of history that goes into everything that comes into the cigar, the tobacco growth, why we have certain strains the way they are. And I think there's a lot of stories in there that really have a, a romance to them. And when I sit down and have a cigar, to me, this is an individually handcrafted piece of art. It's like the Mona Lisa. I get to smoke the Mona Lisa, but I know there's a whole box of them sitting over there waiting for me that are ready to go. So exactly. I just love the the allure behind it.
0: And that's what I particularly want to get more interested in because we've talked and we've talked to other people on the show and they've taught us how to taste cigars possibly or how to experience the flavors more. But I constantly struggle with how, being able to pick out flavors out of a cigar blindly. And so that's why this cigar is unbanded. That's why Travis is going to walk us through this whole process. Yep. But really, and two, Travis, tell us some of the brands that are associated with Altidus. Like, what are the iconic brands that we should see in your portfolio?
1: Monte Cristo is one of our our flagship. Uh, Romeo and Julieta. H. Upman. We've had a lot of big push with H. Upman right now. A lot of real success with Mm -hmm. a few of the brands. H. Upman, AJ Fernandez. Our new H. Upman, Connecticut Group and E-Maestro, part of our collaboration series. And then uh, Aging Room, we brought on Aging Room, we're a distributor, Uh, basically the sales force for Aging Room cigars. So we've got quite a few in our portfolio that that we can pull from, working out of multiple factories in Honduras, Nicaragua, and the largest cigar factory in the world out in the Dominican Republic, where we've got 5,000 people that love what they're building and it shows in our product.
0: Exactly, so with all that product, you guys have to be concerned about consistency flavor profile from year to year the crop will change based on rain and and stuff like that but so how are you guys keeping that consistent
1: oh it, it's it's a challenge every day um we have a team of, of tasting or specialists called the group of Maestros, group of masters there are master blenders that have been working in the industry combined over 150 years uh, we're about ready to wow. celebrate our 50th anniversary for Tobacco de Garcia, but with our grupos, every Thursday they sit down in the afternoon and they'll smoke multiple cigars to really help con- in the consistency of the existing brands that we've got. To make sure that when the crops change, we modify yeah. the blend ever so slightly to make sure the flavors stay the same and consistency on the product stays the same. Because we want you to smoke the same original 1875. That you smoked 10 years ago today. Right. We want those flavors to stay very consistent. Yeah, that's
0: gotta be extremely difficult. So that it is that, that group of masters that is tasting that cigar every Thursday, or those cigars, it's multiple every Thursday, they're running through a specific technique versus, you know, I'll cut, light a cigar, sit down and a lounge, this lounge, in fact, and just ham it up with the guys, talking, you know, doing whatever. I'm not really focused on the flavor, per se. I might pick up certain things like, hey, I like it. Hey, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But other than that, I'm not really putting myself into a position of, like, analyzing every note, every flavor coming out of this cigar. So,
1: And not everybody should.
0: Right. You know, I wouldn't do this on a regular basis. But if I'm getting into the cigar— And I really, really want to challenge myself to see what I'm tasting and and what's hitting my palate because it's not the same, right? No. My palate's not the same as yours. Yours is not the
1: same as mine. If you think about it, we've all grown up in a different household. We've all grown up eating different foods from our family. As a young adult, as an adult, we've trained our palate to like certain things. What I like, you may not like, and you may not like. That's what makes our palates very unique and different. But having a group of masters... That, that can really combine all the flavor notes that they're getting in compiling in, into one real database similarities is what we put on all our boxes when we say this has flavor notes of this and this we take the combined efforts of all of them and the majority of that match up is what we put on our boxes is that exactly what everybody's going to get no because our, I may pull leather notes because I grew up on in the farms I grew up you know around horses right. most of my life so you pull a wet saddle off because you've been riding them all day. That wet leather, I know that scent because I grew up with it. That's one that's been trained in my mind. Where you may not know what those leather notes smell like when they have wet leather, but you may know what chocolate. You look like a guy, you know, I, mean, you I got love a, beard. a good chocolate bar. So you got a beer, you got to love chocolate. I love so a good chocolate bar. You may know what chocolate dark tastes like. Those cocoa notes would come become very predominant for you. Okay. They may not be for me because I'm a diabetic. I don't sure. eat a lot of sweets. I don't eat a lot of a lot of chocolate. I know what they are, but they're not my prevalent.
0: Okay. So then my quest for this episode is to figure out how to taste cigars better so that I can really get into the cigar and do this without relying on basically the blogs and the articles out there that's telling me. Because I feel like every time I go to those, I'm like, oh, yeah, I taste that. But is it the power of suggestion? Or have I really trained my palate?
1: Is it your mind it. telling you it exactly. or is your palate telling you that? Yeah. Is absolutely. my
0: mind or my palate? That's a good way to put it. I want to train my palate more to try to be able to taste cigars on a regular basis with some, some skills. That's what I'm looking for today are some skills to get me to taste cigars better.
1: Well, if you notice, the cigar that I gave you today has no band on it. Yeah, you, you unbanded it. No I have no idea. idea what that cigar is. Nope. It so, may be a, a new product that we're bringing out, it may be an existing product, but you don't know. Right. At this point, you're smoking the cigar for the cigar. You're not relying on the band to tell you what quality level, what that cigar could be. Right. It is a cigar.
0: So I don't know anything about the brand. I don't know origin, nothing of the tobacco, nothing. I know I know nothing. This is as close to uh what I know is what you see. So
1: you know it's tobacco.
0: I know it's tobacco.
1: And you know I it's rolled by us, so it's rolled consistent <laughs> and, and, exactly. and excellent. So that's about all you know.
0: So let's let's get into it then. Sure.
1: Now what we'll do is is you do want to do a slow startup. Right. Like every cigar, you don't want to rush it. You can't rush your smoking habits. If you draw on it too fast, it'll actually tinge the oils that are in the tobacco. Too all you, hot,
0: right? It, it gets too hot.
1: Do you want to put a steak on it? Six hundred degrees in Fahrenheit. Right. It's going to singe the the oils and the fats where you want at three fifty proper cooking, you're going to actually start to melt those into the meat to give it more flavor. Same thing with a cigar. Once you light it up, you don't want to prejudge or really do any tastings on a cigar until you're at least a half an inch in. Reason is, is the oils that are in the tobacco, not only the filler, but the wrapper, you want to let those oils warm up. They need to start to open up. Once those flavors start to open up, then you're able to really start to pull those those true, genuine flavors out of the cigar.
0: So you're saying, like, as soon as we get into this, because you're going to kind of walk me through cutting, lighting, and then we're going to get into it. But as soon as I'm into it, I'm really not tasting the full flavor of the cigar until I get, you know, a couple finger widths in? Yep. You That's want- when all the oils, all the flavor is really coming together
1: finally. Absolutely. What's
0: happening before that? Is it just starting, like, that heat process? Is that what's happening? It's, like, starting to heat it up
1: from the Yeah, you get a cigar that's at 72 degrees. Once you get that 1,000-degree ember started, it's going to take a little time for that heat to be drawn in, for the oils to start to react and open up and warm up the whole cigar from interior to exterior.
0: Wow. Okay, so that's key. Don't judge the cigar too soon. You may be missing out. All right. So I can cut this or yep. not yet?
1: Now, one thing a lot of people don't realize is, you know, the, it, we try and when we cut a cigar like you just did, we try and snip it right toward the end. I myself have been smoking cigars for many years. I've smoked multiples over my life. I still will just lay a cutter down on the table. Oh. put you're... Cigar upside down, put a little pressure, just ever so slight pressure down, snip it off, because the width of most, almost all your cutters are going to be the right height to clip that off, give you a clean, straight cut every single time. Yeah. And I'm a professional at this, but yet I still want to make sure that I'm giving it a clean cut through the whole cigar to make sure it's it cut clean. I
0: like that technique. All right, and now that one- I've got a clear cap, what's my next step?
1: You want to toast the foot. I, Use, I'm
0: not smelling anything. You can.
1: I mean, if you've got a sensitive nose and you you know what you're smelling for, um, you're able to do that. But it's more of a romance. For 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 me, I like to I like it. to really get involved with what I'm smoking. I want to I want to really kind of feel what I, out what I'm. So you're not starting to, smelling the foot and seeing what flavors you get. Honestly, I am not at that level. I'm not right. going to. I'm not going to lie and say that I I can smell it and say I, this is from this farmer from this field from this you know from Honduras or from. Nikon. But even I, just I, I don't that- know. But I like to smell what the tobacco smell like together because there is a a smell from each tobacco style. Right. From we get from a haro to seco viso, different parts of the plant, they will put off different odors because they're because of their strength levels.
0: Perfect. So
1: for me, it's it's just what do these smell like together? Am I getting any nuances of? Flavor notes pre-draw. Do you smell any chocolates? Do you smell any cherry or leather, earth? Anything like that? No, just
0: kind of tobacco smelling. That's all I
1: smell. And then one of the other de- things you may look at is, look at the cigar, the wrapper. Yep. Do you see consistencies in the line? As they the, the, the cigar is drawn, you see the lines being wrapped up. Do You see those being very consistent.
0: Yeah, I in this cigar, I can almost not tell... Where the end, oh, there it is, barely. Yeah, I could barely tell where the threading of the wrapper was. It's really well put together as far as
1: just. And you'll see that with almost all manufacturers that that do it, the old traditional way. When you construct a cigar, the interior, the binder, and the filler is called the bunch. Yep. When a bunch is made, you want that tobacco to be actually drier than optimal. Optimal is going to be around 13.2% moisture content held within the tobacco. The filler, or the binder and the filler put together, the bunch, you want that around 10% when you start to uh, put the wrapper on. Now, okay. the wrapper is going to be holding about 19% moisture content. It's actually very high. Oh, so it'll transfer
0: some of its moisture content.
1: Well, it'll actually, you, when you put it into the cedar room, you got to think, tobacco is like a sponge. It will expand and contract depending on the moisture content. So you got one at the filler at 10%. You got the wrapper at 19. When you put them into the cedar room or the aging room, you're really wanting those to equalize out at 13.2. That takes time. Two months and you can leave them in there for years. They'll be optimal, but now you're just resting them. But think about what that tobacco is doing. When you got interior that's going to go up to 13, it's going to expand. That wrapper is going to shrink. So you got two conflicting forces and the wrapper is made to be pliable and able to move. So when the interior is starting to expand, the exterior is is shrinking, that's how you can get some of those seam lines to disappear and make it flawless look. Wow.
0: Okay. So there's an art and a process to making sure that this looks flawless.
1: There's a lot of science involved with cigars that people don't realize. Sure. The time and effort that it takes. The 200 hands that have touched that tobacco from beginning to end, there's so much that one little thing in in that process can go wrong, can affect that tobacco.
0: That's so interesting. All right, now lighting it, I've been told not to put the flame into the cigar, just to hold it over it, 45-degree angle. Do you have any lighting techniques?
1: Start from the outside and work work on the outside because the heat will cross over into the middle, creating a higher heat source in the middle, which you'll want to help light that. So you want to start from the outside and just, just move it around the cigar, around the outer edge until you see a light glow. Perfect. Once you start to see that light glow on it, then you'll know you're close. Okay. When you get ready to draw on the cigar, you'll put it in your mouth. Hold the flame out about four inches. Hmm. Keep it out just a ways. A true four inches. There you go. And then you want to rotate your cigar just a little bit because you will want to make sure you're getting dead spots. Take your flame away, pull the cigar out, and then blow on the end. That way you can see, have I got all all of it lit.
0: That's a nice light. Perfect.
1: The more consistent and even you can make the light the more consistent and even the burn will be right toward the beginning.
0: Right. Yeah, I know some people, they're like, oh, it didn't burn very well. It's like, well, you got half the cigar
1: lit. Yeah, you gotta make sure you get a full, full light on that. From there, it's it's not taking big, heavy draws and super consistent draws. You want about 45 seconds in between each draw, on average. I mean, everybody's a little different, but one thing you don't want to do is, is rush it. When you rush it, you'll overheat the the, the ember, which will overheat the oils and give it an off flavor.
0: I've had and- that before.
1: Anytime you do that, remember, if you do it right toward the beginning, it's going to affect the whole tobacco. All the way through. Because it's like that sponge. If you taint the flavors somewhere within the beginning stages of it, sure. it will. those flavors will embed through the whole the, the whole cigar.
0: Okay. And
1: then you'll have a cigar that's tainted. Even if you try and slow it back down, you want to get, you know, those you. flavors will still be there.
0: Huh. So this is the key part. Make sure we're staying consistent making sure we're not drawing too hard. Um, are you also in the camp of like, you know how some people will puff, let the smoke out, puff again? Like, does that heat the ember up too much when you kind of stoke it like that with your draw?
1: If you're doing slow and steady, I mean, the cigar will tell you, just like when we do tobacco, um, when we're getting ready to make a cigar, when the curing process, the fermentation process, we don't put it on a timeline. The tobacco will tell us when when it's ready. Some cigars that... that are a little heavier body like they're using a lot of harrow your fuller body cigars your dark wrappers which are going to be a little thicker you may need to have a little more aggressive draw on it where a connecticut or a cameroon you may need to be a little more gentle because those wrappers are a lot thinner and they'll okay. react differently right so you look at the cigar, you'll the cigar will tell you if you see the little spots where it's starting to go out yeah you may may need to step up the the draw on it just to keep it going sure but you don't want to rush it cigars aren't meant to be rushed No, they're meant to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Favorite part of smoking a cigar? It it should be,
0: and especially being in a lounge. Thank God, Tobacco Grove doesn't do this. uh, Being in a lounge that doesn't put clocks on the wall, because I don't want to look at the time.
1: I like that. I have not thought of that, but that. Yeah, I just don't want to look at the time
0: while I'm smoking a cigar. That's the last thing I want to be reminded of. It's like, oh God, I got to be here at this time. No, I'm I'm right here. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's about you. Cigar. It
1: should be about you and that cigar at that point in time, and that's right. it. Uh, remember, you're not you're, your buddy's not smoking it with you. Your your wife or whoever you might be with, they're not smoking it. You are. It's right. you and that experience. It's. I mean, cigars are a lifestyle. They're about you and that cigar. That's it. If it's anything wow. else is involved with that, you need to rethink about why you're smoking cigars.
0: So now we just need to get an inch in, and then we yeah. can go in further.
1: Yeah, about a half an inch. Uh, we find typically once we get about a half an inch, we can feel the cigar. Is it starting to warm up a little bit? Is it becoming a little more pliable? You know, we can feel the heat transfer going down the cigar. Then we'll know that the cigar is ready to, to, for the oils to go up. Perfect. But while you're getting that one, have you? Uh, one of the big things I hear in the industry is proper relight. What's a proper way to relight? Now right. I, I intentionally let this one go out. And you see it, what I've done is I've knocked most of that ash off that I can get off. And okay. You can use your cutter. I like to use, any, you know, my, my lighter. Just knock off a little bit of that edge. Because if you look at a cigar, and you can look at this one here, where I've knocked that ash off, you can see right here, it's got a slight bellow on top of that.
0: Yeah, where it's expanded. The heat,
1: remember, there's 13.2% moisture content in this cigar if it's been stored properly. That moisture that's in there it wants to get out because it's going to turn to steam. It's going to want to expand, and that heat gets close. So that's why wrappers are important because you can get that bellow without it cracking. You want that, that wrapper to be able to flex. Sure. But if you see that little bellow right there, that's natural because that heat can't get out that 1,000-degree embered end, and you're only drawing on it every 45 seconds. So it needs to stay in here, and it'll expand on you. So that's na- that's a natural process. But what you want to do is knock a little bit of that off, take your lighter... And no, this isn't a true Zippo, it's a forced flame. But you want to take it and just cherry up the end. Now when you cherry up the end, then you're gonna put your flame out in front of you. If there's any ammonias in here, and ammonia's a natural product from chlorophyll, when chlorophyll goes through curing, that's gonna turn to an ammonia state. It's a natural product that's in, in tobacco. Most of it is forced out through fermentation but there always might be a little bit left in there, and that's where that off flavor becomes, is from the chlorophyll, or from the ammonias. So you get that nice little cherry going, hold the flame out in front, then blow back through it ever so slightly. So by cherrying it up, you're warming up those ammonia crystals when you put the flame out in front, those ammonia crystals are going to be drawn to the heat by blowing it back through. It blows out some of those impurities. Nice. And then you draw back in. It, it'll give it a lot cleaner flavor on a relight than it would be if you just fired it right up. Because once those ammonia crystals get into that, it'll taint the flavors mm. in the cigar like we talked about earlier.
0: So the key is to blow out with the flame, get the ammonia crystals out, then go back into smoking it. Yep. Perfect.
1: By doing that, you'll blow out those impurities. You'll have a, a cleaner-flavored cigar. It'll never be like when you first fired it up and just smoked it all the way down. Right. But inevitably, there's a time you've got to set your cigar down. You'll come back to it, and it may have gone out. Especially when I go to, uh, like, Colorado. Right. You're a mile above sea level or higher. You don't have much oxygen. Those will go out pretty consistently. You're, you have a lot more aggressive smoking style up there. Right. So the flavors are a little different depending on what part of the country. And Yeah, uh, I suppose they
0: didn't think of region— being a key factor into my flavor experience.
1: There's times I've smoked it up in Colorado and then got back down to sea level. And I can set that down at sea level, go use the restroom, you know, wash my hands, come back out five minutes later and it's still lit. I could never do that in Colorado or or New Mexico or somewhere where it was higher elevation. It'll go out almost, you know, within minutes. One of the things that that we do in, in our factory, and the reason we want everything to be very consistent the way we ensure that, is we do have a panel of the master blenders. They'll get together every Thursday afternoon, smoke multiple cigars, but like yours, they'll be not necessarily unbanded, but we have one select person in the factory that'll pull cigars. They'll put a band on it that says NPD 134, or you know it'll have like a, a numbering system that only that person knows. With that numbering system, the, the Grupos don't know what the cigar is. Sure. I mean, they may have an idea because they play with tobacco for, you know. Right. Years, we've got one of them, our, our grupos has been playing with tobacco for over 150 or for, for over 56 years. He's been, I think it's 56. Holy He's cow. He's been working with tobacco. So <laughs> he, he can look at a cigar and go, okay, it's that wrapper. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's this cigar. But they're really, they, what they're doing is they're not looking at the band. They're not looking at what it is. They're looking at the cigar. Then they're going to evaluate it. When they evaluate, they're looking for flavor, consistency in the burn, the length of the, you know, the ash that's coming off of it. It's pretty important. But one of the techniques that we use in tasting, a lot of people don't know. And there's a a technique that we can actually do to pull more flavors out, give more depth of the flavor that's in there. Sure. Because when you just smoke to smoke, you can get certain flavors off of it. Right. But how do you ensure that those are really the flavors you're getting? Or are there more that you're not getting? So with this technique, we're able to really pull more of those flavors out. So once you get into the cigar a little bit, you want to make sure you always leave just a little bit of ash on, about that length on average. When you leave that little bit of ash on, remember, ash is an insulator. It helps hold that heat in to make sure that it's burning consistent all the way down. So we always want to leave just a little ash on it. When we get ready to taste the cigar, and we we really want to make sure what we're tasting, I see a lot of people that retrohale. Yeah, I retrohale Up through signees, a lot. the you know? You really shouldn't. Really? So
0: I was always under the understanding like you retrohale to be able to taste the nuanced flavors that are there because technically your palate can only taste so many flavors and then there's more palate, uh, more senses in the nasal area and you want to be able to retrohale and taste everything. Yep. So you that's true.
1: Absolutely true. But you're just saying that I should put a limit on it? Think about the smoke, the heat that's involved with it. Yeah. The the depth and the the thickness of that smoke blowing over these sensitive little capillaries in your your sinus cavity. If you do it a lot, those capillaries are actually going to recede back and they're going to become desensitized
0: because because you're blowing
1: smoke over them too much. They're retracting away from the heat. Their their natural body reaction to, I got this foreign body that keeps producing. I'm going to produce the mucus in in the sinus cavity, but I'm going to pull away from the ability to... Be able to smell. That was and taste. the other
0: thing: is my yeah mucus in my nose would would be more prominent, and it would I would almost be like kind of a runny nose. Yeah,
1: like you, like you have a cold, you get this runny nose.
0: Yeah. So I shouldn't be having that experience if I do it on just you know how many times when I'm smoking a cigar
1: through a whole cigar. I and the groupos we only do it three or four times,
0: three to four times.
1: That's it. Once wow. the when, once we I'll get a half like an inch thirty.
0: In. So I'm really doing it wrong.
1: You'll find more enjoyment if you do it less, Perfect. but do it on the right strategic points.
0: Strategic points. Half an points. inch in,
1: first third, second third, maybe the middle, because that's typically in that, that middle third or middle middle area. You'll find that's where the oils have really warmed up. They're starting true. to build. You're able to get a lot of flavors out of it. Do it once. Am I getting really what I'm, I'm looking for? Okay. If you want to really find out, uh, if you want to find out a little more about what's in it, remember, aroma has a... Big crucial factor in what you're tasting. I don't know about you, but I've driven by some burger joints and have a, a big king outside of it. And you drive by that restaurant and they've got this odor in the air, and you just go, "Oh, you can almost yeah. taste it." Right. Aroma in a cigar is also very important.
0: I love smelling the smoke coming off the foot of the cigar. A I lot do- of people
1: forget that, that oh, just the aroma alone love that. has some stuff. You don't want the smoke going directly into you know, like this big thing of smoke going right, right in your nose. It's the ambient air that you're able to pick little little aroma notes up.
0: This is kind of sweet smelling.
1: a Little bit. To me, it's almost got a, almost a floral, a little floralness to it.
0: Yeah. I like the smell coming off the foot. And that's usually like my first indicator, right, of a good cigar. Like if it doesn't smell good, it's definitely not gonna taste good to me.
1: But then you don't know.
0: I know, but you just, I mean, if if I'm already kind of put off by the smell, I'm not really going to enjoy the cigar,
1: right? And, and that may not be the right cigar for you, right? If a, if a certain aroma puts you off, it, it, that cigar may not be for you. But somebody may go,
0: "I like that." Oh yeah, there, there's a cigar for everybody for sure.
1: But yeah, not if, that we have any. But if it smells like dirty feet, I may not want to smoke <laughs> that. It doesn't smell good. Exactly. Somebody may go, you know, it takes me back to my college basketball playing days. I like that. You know, it just it brings back a memory for them. And That's you know,
0: what. We I found out that most of these flavors are right is like a trigger of a memory uh-huh. of when you had XYZ experience or flavor or smell or whatever.
1: We built a whole uh, actually not us, but a gentleman named Rafael Nodel built a whole cigar brand based off of that. the Puro Sepa.
0: Which one so
1: Puro sepa it's, it's one of the brands that we Oops. introduced at IPCPR last year. And with that, the, the whole cigar was created based off of a memory. He's a he's Cuban immigrant, really? right? Rafael Nadal was, came yep. from Cuba. His memory of when he was a little boy, his grandfather used to smoke cigars in Cuba. Yeah, He wanted to recreate that that smell that he remembered as a little boy when he'd go to visit his grandfather. So he worked with the Plasencia family to help recreate that. And when they were building and developing the cigar... He literally, Rafael Nodal, now this is hard f- for people to really realize, but he wasn't smoking the cigar during the whole thing. He would wait for the tasting, the Placentia tasting panel, who was smoking it. He'd walk into the room, did that aroma trigger what he remembered as a little boy. Finally, wow. they came up with one that he's like, that's it. That's that Cuban smell that I remember as a little boy that sparked that, that image. From there, Plasencia kept that aroma that came off the cigar Tweaked it to make sure that the flavors matched what he was looking for to create that putosep. It's a it's a wonderful cigar, but until he got that that aroma right, no doll wouldn't smoke it. So
0: he almost started in the reverse. Start with the smell first, off the foot, then let's go and tweak it to make sure it tastes great. It was it was the
1: aroma off the smoke. Wow! It was the room was filled filled with that smoke of what they were trying to emulate that he remembered. Huh. And he were able to duplicate that and create that trigger memory. But it also created a great cigar by doing it. Because you're working with, with the Placencia family. Who've oh, been yeah. doing tobacco for 156 years, I think. Yeah. They, they've got it down. They know what they're doing. And so they did a great job working with Odal to build that.
0: That's an interesting way of going about the creative process of a cigar. Most, most blenders are looking at how did the tobacco taste... You know how how do what do I want the end product to taste like? It's always to me taste forward,
1: taste and balance.
0: Raphael did smell first, then taste.
1: He wanted he wanted to re emulate that image. And what's the name of that life. cigar again? Puro sepa
0: Puro sepa mm-hmm. Okay, that's still out on the market, right?
1: Absolutely, you bet. So
0: now you can go and try it. You can go smell the Cuban cigar experience and also taste it.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the flavors are right there. I mean, it's a, at the at the show, that was one that I was drawn to. And we all have one that, that when we're in the industry, there's one that we're like, man, I, that's the one I want to carry in my bag when I travel. I travel a lot. There's certain brands that I want to make sure I have in my bag.
0: Sure. They're, they're
1: your go to sticks. They're, they're ones that, man, I need that little smoke. I want something waiting on it at the airport or I'm, I'm in between right. event times. We said, man, I just want one that I like. And we all have those. Right. Yeah, very true. So now you're into your cigar a little bit. Yeah. Are you noticing it starting to open up a little bit?
0: Yeah, I definitely have more flavor in my mouth.
1: Well, would you like to go through the technique that we use? The fact you want that inner secret? Exactly. I want
0: the next level secret. I've just been smoking so far. So give me the next.
1: So at this point, once you're into that cigar a little bit, you'll notice that the, the smoke becomes a little more predominant. But one, I'll go through the technique, and then I'll go ahead and have you try it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go, I'll explain it as we're going through it again. You want to take two or three slow draws. Then you want to fill your mouth up with smoke on the third draw. Leaving the smoke in your cheeks, you want to blow your cheeks out for four or five seconds, fairly hard, and not let the smoke out. Then you're going to pierce your lips, slowly let that smoke roll out of your mouth. At the same time, you want to lift your tongue up to where it almost touches the roof of your mouth because you want that smoke to roll over the backside of your tongue. Once all the smoke is exhausted, you'll go ahead and take your tongue and rub it on the roof of your mouth. Take a deep breath in, rub it on the roof. You want to bring oxygen over your tongue to help open those flavors up, and then quickly put your tongue back to the roof of your mouth, embed it, rub it on the roof of your mouth, maybe even the front of your teeth, the upper gum line, because that upper gum line will actually hold a lot of flavor. And then from there, Really concentrate on the on the flavors. Are you getting anything in depth? Give it a shot here. So a couple of... Take couple one. Of, <laughs> couple of puffs in just to get that smoke warmed up. Bring the smoke into your mouth and hold it in there for four or five seconds while you blow your cheeks out. And really blow your cheeks out. There you go. Once you've blown it out, rub that tongue on the roof of the mouth. Deep breath in, bring some oxygen over it. Embed that in your tongue again. And then think about, am I tasting differences? Got more cocoa-y for me.
0: Okay. For sure. That note spiked right away. As soon as I touched the tongue to the top of my palate, then it was like, like you said, you're almost like kind of mashing it into all those flavors where it's trapped. Yeah.
1: But by by embedding it and doing it this direction you're able to really bring out a lot more of those flavors okay. now do we do this a lot through the cigar no.
0: we would look like fools in the smoke lounge I think I felt like a fool doing it
1: I look at it as I'm having fun with my cigar
0: I'm not saying that it's not the, but I just like piercing you know blowing why why do we blow out our cheeks like that is that to fill the smoke in all the different areas
1: yep Okay. You're really wanting to kind of impress it all over the palate. Okay. You're wanting to force it into, there's two little sinus, sinus cavities that are right up here in the, in the, in the nose area that when you retrohale, it, they bypass. They're not, they're not used.
0: And we're actually utilizing them in trapping the smoke in our mouth and pushing it everywhere.
1: You're, when you're blowing your cheeks, you're, you're forcing into those little sinus cavities that are normally not there oh. or are utilized when you, when you retrohale. So you're helping bring those in. You're embedding them into the into the tongue. You're embedding them into the underside of the tongue, which is part of the, the sensory. When you slowly roll it out, you're giving it time to sit in there and, and rest and relax.
0: And I do feel like my palate is holding on to the flavors a lot more.
1: Now, we do, we'll do we do this, if we're going to smoke the whole cigar and we're really want, evaluating it, maybe a new brand, and we'll smoke those all the way down. When we're doing the Thursday tastings, we won't get more than an inch into it, inch and a half, because we can get a good idea of what the cigar is doing right away. If we're doing the whole cigar, we may do this six or seven times. Just because we want to see what it's doing in stages, is the tobacco laid in properly? Are we hitting the spots that we need to hit? Because the way you lay the tobacco in can change the whole cigar. We can build one with a stem end going at the head, or we can put it at the foot. It'll change what we're doing. I don't know about you, but have you ever cut a cigar and been smoking a cigar and you feel that stem in yes. there? Yes. Ooh, you yes. pull it out.
0: Sometimes I have. Sometimes I haven't. Sometimes I just leave it because it's not doing anything. But like if the cigar is plugged, I pulled the stem out of a cigar.
1: Oh, if it's one plugged, time. absolutely.
0: It was yeah. It was pretty plugged, but and then it opened up and it smoked just fine. Um, but yeah. But when otherwise you- I leave it in there. Like yeah, it doesn't bother me if it's just at the end.
1: One of the, the, the conversations I have in a lot of shops around the country is guys will say, "Oh, there's these stems in there, I, I hate them." I, you see them, pull them all these things out, even though the cigar is smoking properly.
0: Yeah, no, if it's remember, you want properly, to leave those it's... in there.
1: Those What's... stems have a lot of flavor.
0: Yeah, and does it, I've heard that they hold a lot of the. Is it more bitter flavors or more uh, concentrated flavors? Maybe that's what. They're they're more
1: If you think about the plant, you're going from roots. To stalk, stalk, to stem, stem, to leaf tips. And the little mini veins. There's a lot of flavor in those stems. When we build the fillers, the filler actually looks like, we call them a frog. It looks like a frog that was run over by a, by a steamroller. Sure. And those frogs, we leave about a third, to a, half, a third to a half of that stem in there, depending on the thickness. If it's got a really thick stem, we'll want to pull it out. But we'll want to intentionally leave some of that stem in there because that's a part of that flavor profile. We need those in there to build sure. more of that big flavor. Huh? If you put a cigar built with just filler with no stem in it and one with the stem using the exact same tobaccos, they're going to taste different. So when you see your stems in, take your, your cutter, cut it back, maybe push it back in if you've got a proper draw. If you've okay. got a good draw and it's just bothering your tongue, snip it back, push it back in, leave those in there.
0: Got it. Now, is there something, is this a section where I could like start retrohaling the one time? Mm -hmm. Now, I know how to do it. It took me a while to get there just because I had to think of the anatomy of the human body and what am I trying to do and where is it going? It was, it took a lot. And then right away when I did it, my eyes watered. It was super harsh. Yeah. Um, Is there any tips that you can give us to try to learn this if we're not already
1: doing it? Don't give up. Don't give up. If you don't know how to retrohale and you want to, you want to experience what the retrohale is. It's going to be difficult. It's unnatural to the body to want to do that. And right. you think I've got to inhale and not inhale it. You're correct.
0: That's hard because I see a lot of people try it, and I blow out about half the smoke, and then I retrohale the other half. How about you?
1: I do it from from get go. I'll do it halfway. I mean, it, it really it's up to the individual. Okay. There's, there's no proper way, as far as I know, um, on when what part of that retro hill. Because once it goes into your mouth and the smoke's in there, it's already mixed. Is it okay. the beginning or the end? It, it, it's all the same. So it's just a, and up to the individual on when they do it. Yeah, I do I guess it at right the beginning, just a little bit.
0: I don't like a ton of smoke passing through my nasal cavity, so I do half. Yeah, just try a little bit. Half. Yeah.
1: You just need enough to spark the aroma mm-hmm. to help balance the flavor with the aroma together and give it more more heightened. And actually this was, wow,
0: interesting, very light, not very kind of heavier tobacco is very stringent and very like peppery on my nose. Okay, This wasn't, this was almost reminiscent of like a nice floral, uh, and this sounds really bad, but like cleaning solution, you know, like a not Windex smell but like a light, nice floral, clean air smell. Okay. All right. I guess that's the way. Yeah. Like a potpourri. That's the best way to say it. Like a potpourri smell.
1: And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you, you, we, we bring the word potpourri into a cigar. It's not normal, but there are flavor notes there and aroma notes that can happen. We like to use the basic floral wheel or the flavor wheel. We keep it very, very what, basic.
0: What is on the basic flavor wheel? You kind of pre, you said earlier like 12 key phrases that are on that or, flavor. Or wheel? flavor notes. Flavor notes. Specific. What, your, your what are some notes. of
1: them? Uh, straw. Straw. Earth. Earth. Woodiness, or, or, and which can be defined down to oak and cedar, I and mean, it can be sub brand. Sure. But like a woodier note? Are we getting a cocoa or, or a, a coffee note? Okay. Um. Uh, uh, what else? I can't think of all of them off the head. Leather would be another another one.
0: I've heard barnyard a lot. Barnyard manurey kind of fresh grass. That's kind of in that
1: grass realm that you were talking you're, about. Your natural your natural scent realms, if you will. Right. You know, think you got to have a solid basis. Is pepper in, the, in there, or is pepper more of a smell? There's there's a big difference between pepper and zestiness, because what people refer to as as like a spicier peppery note. Is really just a zesty note from from the, the added ammonia from like the lajero section that has a little more rigid or you know beefiness to the to the smoke that comes off it the flavor notes they're fairly strong they'll come off as that that zestier feel and people refer to that as spicy it's not really spicy because how can you define that into a, a black pepper white pepper cayenne you know right subdivision of, of a pepper note as opposed to just being a stronger tobacco that has that zestier notes, like Nicaragua and Esteli tobacco, for instance. Okay. You smoke something with a lot of Esteli, you're gonna get a lot of that that really zesty type referred to as spicier notes. You're gonna get those stronger, zestier notes because of the volcanic soil that it's grown in. And you think Esteli is at 1,300 feet in elevation, surrounded by volcanic mountains at one time in a huge valley, so those those notes are just gonna be fairly strong. of Those of that volcanic soil. But it's soil. not necessarily pepper. Not necessarily, no.
0: Gotcha. Mm. So there's a key difference there. And would you say that most people can't pick up that key difference?
1: I think people refer to that as spicy as, as a broad spectrum name. Okay. It, it's hard for them to define the two, the differences. Just like when people, uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll hear people say, I like that fuller bodied cigar, when they're right. really referring to bigger flavor profile, just like deciphering between body and flavor is and one of the biggest things that i hear is combined together as one.
0: Now does the color of the wrapper dictate the flavor profile?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You heard it here. For all of you out there who are chasing darker cigars, i challenge you to try cigars that are lighter with a higher flavor profile. Absolutely. Cuz it
1: exists. Uh, we we just and in released fact, one.
0: There's certain cigars that are darker that have less flavor profile to me than medium colored cigars.
1: Your darker wrappers would typically have a richer flavor profile because they're more of that Maduro or Oscuro. They're going to have a richer flavor profile, but it doesn't dictate what the body level is going to be. 68% of your flavor profile comes from the wrapper. The body level is where we, we put that in the filler. The filler defines the body level. The flavor is defined typically by the wrapper. So if another, you have a gl- another onyx, guy in the
0: wrapper camp, I like it. I I agree with you on the wrapper. 90% did you say 90%? About 60 to 80 percent of the flavor. To 80% of the flavor is coming from the wrapper.
1: Yep. If you've ever smoked an onyx, onyx recently. I have not. Onyx used to be touted as a full-bodied cigar, but we're going back many years, 15, 20 years ago. Sure. Nowadays, it's really considered a medium isk, ah, medium, a mild medium. That's a very dark cigar. To medium. Very dark. But it's, a, it's an Oscuro. It's black. Right. Big, rich flavor, but it's a medium at best in body. Kind of like a Guinness. Yeah. Medium in body, rich in flavor. It's intimidating, but once you smoke it, you realize this is very palatable for, for quite a few people, but it's got a nice, rich flavor, smooth flavor texture out of it. Yeah, and there on the other go. spectrum, a light body cigar. I can give you one, and one that we just introduced was the Henry Clay Warhawk. Henry Clay Warhawk is using an Ecuadorian light wrapper. It's a Connecticut wrapper out of Ecuador, but it has a broadleaf binder on it, which is a very dark wrapper. Right. So it's got the binder leaf, which is really dark, gives it that big, rich flavor. But it's a light body, big flavor on the the sharpness, clean flavor with that underlying deep, rich, cocoa you know, palate-laying flavor underneath oh. it. So you can get a medium body with big, rich flavors, still being a light-body cigar. And the Lee Warrock did a great job putting that together.
0: Nice. Now I'm definitely going to have to try those, just to see if I can pick out that, like, those flavors that you were talking about. With my new technique.
1: Yeah. Now, why not you try that technique one more time and see if you've gotten any different flavors out of it. Remember to lift your tongue up ever so slightly. Let that smoke slowly roll out. Rub your tongue on the roof of your mouth. A little bit of oxygen over top of your tongue. Rub your tongue again on the roof of your mouth, maybe the front of your teeth. What did you experience this time? Caramel came out right at the
0: end. It was cocoa, and then right at the end, towards the back of my tongue, I hit caramel notes.
1: Any nuttiness?
0: I don't know, all I can, well, I mean, now that you say it, I can kind of taste it, but for sure, I could feel the change almost happening. That is a very interesting
1: technique. It's, it's very fun to, to experience what we do in the factory when we're actually building like this cigar, that. trying to really define what those flavor profiles, are they balanced? Is the medium bodiness or mild or wherever the body level is or mellow? Body level needs to be wherever we define it. Are the flavors balancing with the body level? Sure. Because we don't want a cigar that, that's super full body and doesn't have much flavor. Just at that point, you're not experiencing a true balanced cigar, giving it the the, the story. Vice versa, you don't want to have something that's way overpowered flavor wise, but the body can't keep up because you need that to help drive it. So when you hear the word balance, a lot of times, are the flavors balancing together? Or is the body level balancing with the flavor profile?
0: Yeah, this is really making the experience for me a lot better. I don't know. I just like diving into something a little bit more. And I'll agree with everyone out there. It's not always needed. But boy, if I pick up a cigar and it's new to the market and, or it's a cigar that I really haven't given a whole lot of effort into, this is a fun way to start it off. Now, there is
1: actually another technique that you can go even deeper into the flavor profiles.
0: Even more than what we've just done? Yes, there is. Okay, so what's the next level? Do I have to blow the smoke out of my ears or what?
1: No. (laughs) What I'll have you do is the exact same technique that you just did, but before you put the cigar in your mouth until after you've finished the second palate taste on the, when you rub it on the roof of your mouth, I want you to close your eyes through the whole process. Oh. I want you to think about your brain, your eyes, your sense of vision. You're seeing lights, movement, everything. Your, your brain has to decipher all this stuff going on to put it into images that your, your mind can understand. Like a computer, your mind is like, it has this, all this RAM memory, this random access memory that goes on. And you're trying, your, your vision takes up a lot of that that memory that your brain has, the, the, uh, the ability to be able to decipher what's going on.
0: So we're going to shut down the RAM.
1: You're going to shut down the vision part of it, which is a huge part of the brain's ability to decipher things. Perfect. When you close your eyes, they say, you know, if you lose your eyesight, other parts of, of your senses become heightened. It doesn't have to take time. It's not like you lose your vision, and two months later, this starts to happen. It's immediate. You can do the same thing. Close your eyes down give it a second then do the technique you'll find your your brain actually has the uh, better ability to process what you're tasting cuz you're not looking at things and trying to decipher what's going on visually you're perfect. doing it just on your on your palate the second level this is this is the this the, the the top level top level will. this is as far as Colorized. we go when it comes to that, that tasting profile perfect all right so when you see all you imagine all of us grupos sitting around a table the grupos and myself with the tasting panel we're all sitting around a table you see someone close their eyes, you know they're going into the into the deepest parts of the flavor profile what they're trying to experience. And when you do it, promise I'm not going to reach over and you know tap you on the forehead and <laughs> anything like that, but but it will give you a different experience on, on what you just tasted. So, go ahead and try I'm that and try see, that. see what you think.
0: All right, here we go. What do you think? Yeah, the caramel was more uh Forward right away, I got some of that nutty flavor. Um, definitely helped me just focus on what's happening in my mouth.
1: Gave gave your mind that the ability to relax and right. really get into what you're tasting, even though you didn't realize that depth was there. It just adds another depth to that to what you're experiencing Very on true. the flavor profile. Very true. And like you say, it's it's not something you'll do on every single cigar. Right. But it's fun to say what am I experiencing in a cigar as That's opposed to what that notes are. But like I, I told you at the beginning, I take the band off. And in, in one of the cigar clubs I'm involved in, one of the things we'll do when we get together is I get to choose a cigar for somebody else. They don't know what it's going to be. I'll take the band off. I am not going to tell them what it is. And we're not trying to focus on, Ooh, which one is this? You know, go we'll walk the humidor and try and figure it out. Right. Smoke the cigar for the cigar not for the band that's on it. yeah. And don't let the band influence what you're smoking. Right. There's a times when you don't know what it is, you're experiencing the cigar itself. So in the club, we, we'll all bring a cigar, we all swap what we, we want to try. Like, hey, I'm going to give you this one, I think you're going to like this one. And they experience the cigar, and, and at the go. end, then we'll tell everybody what they were.
0: So hook up with a buddy of yours or a few buddies, get a cigar for each one of you, take the band off, don't tell your buddy go through the tasting process. Uh, do the puff of smoke, pull it into your palate, hold it there, expanding the palate, trying to get that smoke everywhere, letting it out and then letting the air come over the palate, reintroducing your tongue back to the roof of your mouth, see if you taste anything different, do it with your eyes closed. Smell the, the aromas coming off the foot of the cigar All in all, I think every cigar geek out there is going to enjoy this episode because we're taking it to the next level. Giving you an opportunity to take your palate to the next level. No one has ever sat down with us and taught us really how to taste cigars on a higher level. So, Travis, I really
1: appreciate that. It is my pleasure. and It's fun to get this out there. And like I say at the beginning, I want people to enjoy what we're doing because there is a lot of fun camaraderie. That goes along with cigars. Um, when you go golfing, you don't bring a sleeve of golf balls for all your buddies that you're going with. And say, oh, we're going to go golfing here. Enjoy your round. Right. You bring a cigar. It's a, a, it's cigar. a, it's a, a moment in time that you want to relish and you want to remember. And then cigar is your way to do that. So they're a lot of fun to, to sit back and just relax.
0: Well, this has been fun.
1: This has I been re- great. Really appreciate it. It is my pleasure. And, and there again, thank you very much for having me on. And everybody, I, I hope... Just gives you next experience level, and you guys have a lot of fun with your cigars. Have fun with your buddies, and just just enjoy what we do.
0: Travis, where can we find more information on Altidus Brands?
1: You can go to our website altidususa.com. You can uh, check us out on uh, the best route is our Monte Cristo Social Club. Really great way for people to be involved in, in the cigars we're doing, news within the industry, um, platforms for you to be able to, to log in and take down any cigars that you smoke, keep them in a log. Oh, We've wow. also got an education section uh, called uh, the Group of demi Have an education section on, tr- on learning about what we're doing. So to further your education, go to... com. Wonderful.